Um, so welcome. Today is going to be week three in our sermon series called Bah Humbug, and we're seeing what good lessons we can learn about some of the bad stuff about the Christmas season. And obviously, you know, there's a lot of amazing stuff about the Christmas season. What we celebrate is amazing. Jesus came to offer us a place, to offer us a role in the kingdom of heaven. So what we celebrate is awesome. And I think the way we celebrate is also pretty amazing. The stuff that we celebrate with, like the food and the decorations and the parties and the lights and the presents. But do you know what stinks about the parties and the trees and the decorations and the glitter and the lights? Paying for it. And so every year it just gets more and more expensive and it gets harder and harder. And we want to celebrate Jesus. We can't even do it because we can't afford what stuff costs. It's ridiculous what things cost. And I don't want to like, get all emotional about it. And I don't want to like, ruin the Christmas spirit and I don't want to flip out and have a meltdown at Walmart again. <laughs> so instead, I want to channel my emotions. I want to express my feelings in a more appropriate way. So to do that... I have written another poem. I think Joy said the word awesome, or it might have been awful. I'm not sure what she said, but I'll talk to her about it later. Uh, so this poem I call Paying For It. <laughs> Christmas is awesome. It's the best. It's amazing. Because everyone's all about Jesus and praising that he came down to save us from heaven to earth and he traded our guilt and our shame for his worth and he took away sin and he took away strife and he took away death and he gave us new life. Jesus paid a high price so we could be free. He wanted us in his kingdom and he wanted to be really with us together with nothing between us because he loved us, and he saw us like no one had seen us. So he came here and traded his life for ours, and he gave us his hope and his life and his power, and we thank him, especially every December. We look back, and on purpose, we give thanks and remember. And the way that we thank him is really appealing we sing songs that remind us of all those good feelings. And we fix up our houses with trees, lights, and glitter. And we post Christmassy stuff on Facebook and Twitter. We buy Christmas sweaters, and the ugly don't matter. We wear them, although they really don't flatter. And we eat meals so big that they might choke a horse. And we host cantatas and parties and we carol, and of course, we give presents to all the good girls and boys, like underwear, socks, and of course, tons of toys. And grown-ups get gifts too, like sweaters and ties, and golf balls and earrings and special baked pies. And it's awesome, and we love it. And nobody cries till the bills come. And the whole world in agony sighs. Oh, we spent too much. We're over our budget, it seems. 
that we funded the Christmas of all of our dreams with plastic. Now the bills come. Who knew that all of these expenses and the costs would accrue and that Christmas would turn quickly from red into blue because the first of the year, the first payments do. And we'll pay for Christmas with money we'd plan for next year. And instead of new groceries, we'll fund old Christmas cheer. And all of those gifts and lights and presents that we prayed for will take a year and a half to be fully paid for. So we dig in and we struggle to pay it all down as our Christmassy smile turns into a Grinch frown. We try to buck up. We just do our best and we keep smiling to fake it and cover our stress. I guess two jobs are always better than one. And not having money for rent can be fun. We don't really need groceries or electric or gas. And I'm sure these sharp pains of our hunger will pass. And we'll pay it all off. We've done it before. We'll just sell our couch and we'll sit on the floor. <laughs> Next year, we'll just have to live with regret. But next year, I just hope that I don't forget that all this good stuff is great. I'm just saying that at some point, someone is going to have to be paying. This Christmas might break us. The cost is the worst. So let's just enjoy Christmas best we can till the first. And that is the last poem of 2022. Thank you, thank you. Be sure and tell Joy how awful, I mean amazing that was. Um, so yeah, Christmas is awesome, and um, some of that awesomeness cost money. And it's really shocking what we spend on Christmas stuff. I'll show you a picture of a tree I saw online. Beautiful 10-foot tree, check out that price. $2,700 for a Christmas tree. We're paying people to dig those things out of our yards, right? It's a cedar. It's cedar. We're paying to dig them out of our yard. $2,600 for a Christmas tree. That same company makes a big one, an 18-foot tree, and it is $7,500. What the chicken, right? What, who, who, most of us aren't spending that on Christmas trees, but we're spending a lot on trees, and on decorations, and on parties, and Christmas sweaters, and presents, and powdered sugar. And, you know, Margaret and I, we love Christmas, and we, we place a high value on Christmas, and, and we want to make it special. We think Christmas is a good investment. We think a good, happy, amazing Christmas with our family is a good investment. But I got to tell you, especially the first couple of years with kids, we really struggled because we really wanted to make it great and we had to go crazy with the presents and all that. And, and you know, every year we just, we just ran out of money. And so we did just what that poem said. We would just charge it, you know, and then 21% interest or whatever. And all year you're pecking away and paying it down and then it's, you know, Christmas again. And so finally we came up with the solution that I want to share with you today. And what we have now is awesome. We have a dedicated... Christmas checking account. We call it the green account. Get it? It's Christmas. It's the green account. And the debit card for that account is green. Isn't that wonderful? 
and it's just for Christmas stuff. And so you guys want to know how weird I am, so I have a system, and here's a system. We actually have four accounts at the same bank, and our accounts are color-coded. If you're a newly married couple or just had kids, you want to be taking some notes right now. This is good stuff. Okay, so the debit card for our main account, the card is orange, so we call that card the orange account. Okay, and then we have a separate account that Margaret uses for day-to-day, oh, it's haircuts, gas, groceries, and all that stuff. Margaret's favorite color is purple, so guess what that account is called? That's the purple account, right? And it's got a debit card that is, you guys are amazing, purple. I also have a savings account. I call it the red account. (laughs) It's like, stop, right? Don't, Don't take money out of that account. Anyway, so the green account with the green card is a separate account just for Christmas. It's for decorations and presents and mistletoe and lights and wrapping paper and cookie cutters and all that stuff. So what we do is every year, all year, from January to December, every month, we deposit money from the main orange account into the green Christmas account. And when Christmas rolls around, we got all of our money stacked up in there, and that's our Christmas budget. And it's really cool because, like, if we see a great present for somebody in August or something, we just buy it then. And what card do you use? The green card, obviously. And it's just brilliant. And here's the key. Here's the key. Are there times when we want a shirt or something in March or April or June and we're tempted to use some of the money that we're supposed to be setting aside in the green account for that? Yeah, yeah, but we just remind ourselves this shirt would be nice now, but I got lots of shirts, and if we just if we just wait, Christmas will be so worth it. And so a lot of times we give up something that we kind of want now, so that we can have this amazing Christmas that we really want in December. And so. Christmas is more important than some shirt, right, that we would buy in July. And so the system is awesome, and it all starts with three color-coded debit cards. So here's a funny thing that happened. When I say funny, I mean horrible. Um, In October, our cards all expired, right? You know how that works. And so what happens? We get a mail envelope, and it's got new cards in it. And that's great, except for they're all blue, so we got them mixed up for a few weeks, and we accidentally spent money out of our green account on groceries and gas and stuff like that. And we use mostly cash, so we don't even really notice that much. That's, we use mostly cash, and we didn't even really notice it until November when we started. We go to buy Christmas presents, like, ah, there's no money in the green account. And so this year, most of our presents, we're going to have to shoplift. <laughs> and, but that most of the time, most of the time, the system works great. Um, Margaret was in the store the other day. She hands over her blue card with the word purple written <laughs> with a Sharpie on it. And the girl's like, there's got to be a story behind that. So now you guys know the rest of the story. So uh, you have to be careful when the cards expire. And maybe you don't even need this color coding thing like I do, but if you ever have trouble paying for Christmas, you might want to consider this idea of investing a little bit all through the year 
for Christmas. And the trick is going to be you're going to be tempted to spend that year, that money during the year. And when that temptation comes, you just have to remind yourself of how amazing Christmas is going to be. So, another great story, Larry. But what does this have to do with the Bible, right? Or baby Jesus or anything. We're nine minutes into the sermon and we haven't opened the Bible yet. So is there a scripture anywhere in our future, right? There, but there is, and here it is. It's Ephesians 5.15. It says, be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. Instead, live, I'm going to get you to say this word with me. Instead, live like those who are wise, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days and don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So not every choice that we make is a moral or ethical choice. Not every decision we make is right or wrong. Um, As Jesus followers, we're instructed not just to do what's right instead of what's wrong. We're also instructed to do what's wise instead of what's foolish. And I have to say that I think investing our money, spending our money on things that don't really matter all year, and then not having any money left for Christmas, and constantly using credit cards and paying tons of interest, that's not sinful, right? It's not, it's not evil, but it's definitely not very wise. And it actually, this applies to all of our investments. I think, I think making wise decisions means like weighing out the short-term value of spending it now versus the long-term return on investing it for later. And a wise person knows that some of the stuff we buy, even though it might, it might not be bad, it might, even, it might even be good, but not if it means we can't have something great later. I think it, it, it's not wise to make purchases in the short term that keep us from investing in the long term. And I think the longer the term we're talking about and the bigger the eventual payoff, the truer this is. So what about the really long term? What about, what about eternity? What about investing in the kingdom of God? And actually Jesus had a plan pretty similar to my Christmas saving plan, he didn't have the color-coded debit cards. But look what Jesus did say. This is Matthew 6, 19. He says, don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and thieves break in and steal. Instead, store your treasure in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. And I think it's important that we see Jesus isn't suggesting that you should live in poverty or that you should go hungry and disinvest everything in the kingdom of heaven. He's not, saying don't, he's not saying don't have stuff. He's just saying don't just keep piling up stuff. Right? It's, what did it say? The word he used, don't store up treasure. Don't just pile stuff up that you don't even want or that you don't even need and leave yourself with nothing left to invest in the future, in the kingdom, in, in, in heaven. And if, if we're honest, it, in, I know who I'm talking to, right? This is us. And if we're honest, one of the hardest parts of Christmas for a lot of us is we ask our friends, we ask our family for Christmas present ideas, right? And like, you know, what do you want? You know, what do you, what do you need? 
and they can't think of anything. And the reason is, most of us already have everything that we need. And the fact is, a lot of us already even have everything that we want. And we're starting to store it up, right? We're starting to pile it up. We've just got so many clothes and cars and toys. You, wanna, you know one of the most lucrative businesses in our community right now? Storage units. Storage, like, what is the message here, right? What is that telling us? We're, we're paying people to put our stuff in their garage because there's no more room in our garage. Because we have so much stuff. You want some business advice? Don't open a storage facility in Mwala, Kenya. You'll go under, because why? They don't have any extra stuff. And I'm not suggesting that we should feel bad that God has blessed us. We shouldn't feel bad. We should be thankful that God has blessed. I love blessing my kids. I love blessing my grandkids, and God loves blessing us, and that's awesome. Jesus isn't asking us to apologize for our blessings. Jesus isn't asking us to take a vow, vow of poverty or something. He's just saying we shouldn't be piling up stuff here that has no real long-term eternal value, especially if it keeps us from investing in the long-term, in the really long-term, in, in the eternal term. And a lot of the stuff that we buy, it doesn't have long-term value, right? It, it's, it, he says it gets eaten by moths or it rusts. And for us, it's like, yeah, or it breaks or it gets lost or it goes out of style or a newer version comes out, right? And it wasn't that long ago, we were forking out $1,000 for iPhone 10. Right, lame, that's so well, dinosaur of a phone or whatever. A lot of the stuff that we buy, even if the moths or rust don't get it, it goes away. A lot of the stuff that we buy, I mean, don't you every year think back and say, remember all those thousands of dollars we spent on Christmas presents this year, right? Like, what happened to that stuff? Like, we're, we're it's in storage. What happened to that stuff? The stuff, a lot of the money that we spend it doesn't, it doesn't, it goes away. It go, that's it, it goes away. And, and what you invest in the kingdom lasts forever. And it's really surprising what a great ROI you get. What is ROI? Return on investment. And you know, here's a great example. So we, this church, as you know, uh, send money every year um, to a ministry partner called Mission India. And so CBCB has sponsored the planting of about 118 churches over there. So think that over for a second. 118 churches are up and thriving and going right now in India, and I think it's cost us a total of about $100,000. So do some math here, right? You got 118 churches on the ground, and it's cost us 100,000. That is an amazing investment. That is an incredible return on investment. It's not, we didn't buy stuff. We invested the money. We invested, and it's an amazing ROI. I mean, there probably a couple, 3,000 people have come to know Jesus in those churches. So let's just, let's just say it's 3,000 even, right? Let's just say it's $100,000 even. That's $33.33 per soul. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good investment. 
That's a pretty good return on investment. Could we have spent that money on a great stained glass window or a gold-plated cross for our stage or a putting green for my office? We could have. We could, we could have, but those, those things aren't good long-term investments. Maybe the putting green. Those are, those are, those are short-term purchases, right? And, and we've decided to invest in the long-term. And when I say we, I mean we. You, you've given to that in your tithes and your offering. That, that, you know, I don't know if you guys know this. That's where the money comes from. You get that connection? When we talk about, oh, we sent money to India, oh, we sent money to Africa, oh, we built this church, oh, we helped these people. You understand that's your money we're spending, right? That's, that's, how, this, that's how this thing works. When you support CBCB financially, you are investing in the kingdom long-term instead of spending money buying stuff in the short-term. So when you spent that $33.33 for that one soul in India, I mean, you could have bought a dozen golf balls with that. Right, you could have bought a shirt with that. You could have bought like a half a pair of jeans with that. But instead of the short-term purchase, you made a long-term, eternal investment. Here's my question for you. Do you regret it? I mean, 33 bucks, right? that's one less shirt in your closet. Do you, do you, do you regret it? If, if you've ever given this church $33, and now one person in India is gonna spend eternity with Jesus, do you want that $33 back? Or if last week you took $45 and you could have spent it on a nice meal for your family at Taco Bell, right, 45 bucks. And instead, that day, you bought three sleeping bags that now we're gonna deliver to homeless people in Jesus' name. 45 bucks, man. Do you regret it? Do you want it back? Of course not. Because you know what a great return on investment you're gonna get on that. I mean, somebody's going to be warm and dry. Somebody's gonna be exposed to the love of Christ because of your investment that you made happen, and I don't think you're going to regret it. And I'll tell you something else. You're gonna regret it even less when God's kingdom fully comes when you meet Jesus in person. Um, the Bible talks about the, the judgment seat of Christ. So you don't have time to unpack all this today, but there's a couple of judgments uh, in the Bible, right? So there's the great white throne judgment, and this is the one everybody thinks about when we talk about judgment, is this long line of humans, right? Every human that's ever lived is waiting now to stand before God, and that, that day, that judgment, God is going to honor the decision that that person made about where they'll spend eternity. And if it, they have a ledger, right? They open up the book of life. And it's a list of everybody that's ever chosen Jesus. So when somebody gets up and it's their turn, if their name's on that list, then they'll spend forever with God. And if their name's not on that list, then they'll spend forever separated from God. And if you're a Christian, your name's in the book. And you're good to go. Um, but you'll face another judgment. And this judgment is just for people that are in heaven. It's the judgment seat of Christ. And the Greek word that we get this from uh, for the judgment seat is the word bima. Let me hear you say bima. 
So look, we're learning Dutch today. We're learning Greek today. It's a good day. So um, it's a Greek word because it was, that's when the Bible was translated, right? And so in the, old, in the, in the Olympics, in ancient Greece, um, the Bema seat was where the Olympic judges sat while the, Oli- while the Olympians, all the athletes were competing. And they weren't judging the athletes in the sense of deciding if they were guilty or innocent, right? It's not like a legal judge. They're Olympic judges. So they were judging to see who gets what medal. So this, this judgment, the Bema, isn't about a condemnation of the lost. It's about rewards for the found. So the second judgment, where all of us will be there, is about Jesus recognizing what you've invested in the kingdom. Your time, your money, your passion, your talent, your energy. This is Jesus recognizing your investment by giving you a medal. Like, just that's Olympics, right? Giving you a medal or a crown, the Bible calls it. So at this judgment, our whole lives will be examined but we won't be looking at our sins because there aren't any there, right? Everybody there is a Christian. We've already had our sins washed away by the blood of Jesus, so that's, there's nothing to look at on that. What we're gonna be looking at with Jesus, with him, is like a highlight reel of your life. And it's showing every investment that you've ever made in the kingdom. Your money, your time, your energy, your passion, your, your love. And Jesus will give you that day your reward your medal, your, your crown, and he will say the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Look. Look at what you did. So get that picture in your head. Here's Jesus. He's showing the video of your life, right? It's not the bad stuff. There ain't no bad stuff up there. The bad stuff's been erased. There's no bad stuff. It's every investment you've ever made. Money, time, your effort, your energy, the times that you've prayed for people, every investment you've ever made in the kingdom, is, it's, it's your highlight reel. And, I'm, and, and Jesus is gonna say, look what you did. Look what you did. And you're gonna be amazed to see how your investments paid off. 1 Corinthians 13 says, Everything we see now it is limited, right? Our view of everything now is distorted and it's backwards and it's, it doesn't make sense and it's, it's like skewed. And it, uses, it, it talks about like, it's like looking in a messed up mirror. Like we can't, we don't see things clearly right now. But the promise in 1 Corinthians 13 is that someday in the kingdom of God, we will see everything with perfect clarity. So now here, you may make investments in the kingdom. Your time, your money, your talent, your effort in the kingdom. You might make those investments now and never see the results, right? You might make a contribution to the church and you don't, you don't know what good it does. You might buy a sleeping bag, but you don't know who's gonna sleep in it. But someday, when God's kingdom is fully come, at this, at this amazing judgment, you're gonna see everything with perfect clarity. And you're gonna see everything the way that Jesus does. And do you see how, how cool that is? Do you see what that means? In the kingdom, you will finally see the return on your investments. Maybe you'll see people in India 
who came to know Jesus at a church that was planted by your investment in CBCB. Maybe you'll see someone that was homeless and cold and lonely and lost, and that sleeping bag that you invested in was the first step to them experiencing the love of Jesus. Maybe you'll meet somebody who was trafficked as a child and sold and, and used and abused, but they experienced rescue and, and redemption through Ransom Life, which is another one of our partner ministries. And on that day, you're gonna see that some tithe donation that you made to CBCB made it possible. Maybe someday you'll meet somebody that just came to church here and they had their life changed and they had their eternity changed and you'll be able to see that you, your investment was a huge part of that because you supported this church financially or because you volunteered in one of our ministries. I, just, I don't think we have an inkling of how many lives we've invested in and we don't even know it. And at, at the beam of judgment, we're gonna see the return on our investment as Jesus shows the highlight reel of your life. And, and, and as we're all watching the highlights, right, just like those Olympic judges in Greece, Jesus is gonna be giving you medals and, and crowns. And then you'll take all of your medals, right, and all of your crowns, and you'll lay them at the feet of Jesus. And all of heaven will celebrate and worship him with you for the amazing things that he did through you. Let's review. Here we are in heaven, millions of Christians around us. We have a lot to celebrate already. We're here, right? Jesus plays the video of your life. Jesus is running the projector. He says, check it out, man, look what you did. And your eyes will be miraculously opened and you will see the return on your investment. And Jesus will say, good job. Here's your medal. And you'll have them around your neck. Like, who's the swimmer that has all the medals? What's his name? Who's it? Michael Phelps, he's got a thousand medals, right? And that's gonna be you, and you're gonna take them all off, right? And you're gonna lay them down to Jesus. And everybody is gonna worship him for all the amazing things he did through you. And I'm telling you, that's a good day. That's a good day. And that's gonna be, for you, kinda like Christmas morning is now for me on a slightly bigger scale, when I see my little investments in my green account, right, when I see all my little sacrifices all year, we're so worth it. So here it is, man, it's December, right? It's, it's, it's gonna be January, it's that time of year we do a lot of reflection, right? We look back on what happened last year and we think about what's gonna happen next year and some of us are getting to an age where we start looking back farther like at how we've invested our lives. And as I do that, I realize I spend a lot of time playing and watching sports. And I don't think that's bad as long as I have time left to invest in the kingdom. And I've spent a lot of money 
on hobbies and entertainment. You ever, you ever add up what you spent in a year at restaurants? It's like horrifying. Um, and I'd rather not add up what I've spent on golf. And again, I don't, I don't think it's bad as long as it's not keeping me from investing in the kingdom in the long term. I've, I've spent a lot of money on clothes. You might not know it by looking at me. Um, and I don't know, I mean, just through my whole life, right? I, I don't know if moths have eaten any of them up, but a lot of them have like gone out of style or they've miraculously shrunk, which is weird. But they were, they were short-term purchases and not long-term investments. Even my house, cars, retirement plan, compared to eternity, those are, those are pretty short-term purchases. But Jesus didn't say don't spend any of your time. Don't spend any of your passion. Don't spend any of your money on temporary things. He just said be wise. Don't, don't waste your money. Don't waste yourself piling up temporary purchases and then not have anything left to invest. Instead, think long-term and think about how awesome it will be Christmas morning, right? Think how awesome it will be at the judgment seat of Christ, seeing all that Jesus did through your investments. So can I just ask you to think about something, and you don't have to tell anybody, but how is your investment portfolio shaping up? And not your stocks or bonds or real estate or crypto. How, how are you investing in the long term, the really long term? How are, how are you investing your time and your passion and your money and your energy? Is it, on, is it on stuff that won't be around in a thousand years or a hundred years or next year? Or are you investing in the kingdom of God that lasts forever? Are you investing your money and your time and your passion and your energy and your love a little bit at a time, right? Every month every day now so that someday you can see the return on that investment, not in terms of money earned, but in terms of lives impacted for the kingdom. And I will tell you that just like my little green debit card, it's definitely a sacrifice, but the return on investment is awesome. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the blessings that we have. It's incredible that you've given us time. You've given us energy. You've given us gifts and talents. You've given us money. You've given us all these amazing gifts. So thank you for trusting those to us. And now it's on us, right, to to be stewards of what you've given us, to take good care of what you've entrusted to us and to invest wisely And so I just pray, Lord, this time of year never fails. We start reflecting, right? We start looking back at last year. We start looking forward at next year and how have we done in our lives and how are we gonna do in the rest of our lives? We just, just show us, man, it's okay that we're spending money on temporary stuff. That's great. You've blessed us with that. That's awesome. But help us to not be so excited about storing up all that temporary stuff that we don't leave enough time. We don't leave enough passion. We don't leave enough money to invest in what really lasts your kingdom. And Lord, when we feel like shorting that, right, when we feel like spending stuff that we should be investing long-term, just remind us of how amazing it's gonna be on that day 
when you say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. We look forward to that day, Jesus, and we thank you for it in your name. Amen. Okay, a couple of announcements before we go today. Um, next week is Christmas. You guys know that? So everybody, what? Uh, buy presents and whatever you got to do. Um, next uh, Sunday, Christmas Day, we will be having no services here. But Christmas Eve, we will have three amazing services. 1.30, 3 o'clock, 4.30. Please come. Please come early. Please bring someone. Next thing, sleeping bags. So they're out in the lobby. I said this last week. I'll tell you really quickly. Here's how this works. Um, it's a bad thing to be homeless. And it's a really bad time to be homeless. It's going to be, what, 17 degrees next week at this time or something like that? So... Man, I would just hate to think of somebody sleeping outside on the hard concrete. And so we can't fix it. We can mitigate it a little bit. One thing we can do is we're, we're providing 750 sleeping bags for the homeless population, mostly in downtown San Antonio. And if you'd like to help with that, all you do is walk out the doors, turn left. You're going to see Margaret over there standing behind a table with sleeping bags on it. They're 15 bucks each. All you do is pay for them. We'll take it from there. You write your check or scan your deal or QR or whatever you do. $15 for sleeping bag, buy as many as you want. We'll make sure that those get delivered in Jesus' name to the people that really need them. And clapping, wow, okay, you can do that. Um, and then also, um, Ariane and Morgan, they're still here, or they're, they're right over there. So if you get a chance, you should hug them. They're making a real investment, right? They're making a, maybe you wanna give them some money. Maybe you wanna invest in them, but we, we should, the Bible says honor those that labor among us, right? We should honor what those people are doing. And so give them a hug and thank them. This is their life now. This is what they do. And so I just encourage you to find them and be nice to them. They're only in Texas for a short time. So make sure that they experience Texas hospitality. Um, this last Wednesday, we had this great um, What's Up With The New Building informational meeting of meetings. It was on Wednesday night. So thank you for everybody that was able to come. Um, here's what's gonna happen next with that. We're talking about if we should build a building, right? So this next week, you're going to be getting an email. Everybody is going to, whether you came to the meeting or not, you're going to get an email. Here's what's going to be attached to it, a video of that meeting. So even if you missed it, you can still review the video. It's like 20 minutes, 25 minute video. Um, and you'll also get meeting notes from that meeting. All the documents that we went through, we put them all on the screen, all the financials and all that stuff was all on the screen. You'll get copies of all that stuff. You'll get copies of potential building plans and uh, the pictures of the building and all that good stuff. And then you'll get a link to the survey. And through that survey, you're gonna let us know what you think God is telling you about whether or not we should build this building. So somebody asked the other day, well, who should, who should fill it out? Because we're sending it out to everybody. If you've, ever, if you've ever gotten an email from this church, you're getting this one. And so people have said, well, I don't think I should fill it out. I'm not a member or I haven't, I've only been here for a short time or something like that. So here's who, this, who should fill this out. If you love CBCB, you should fill out the survey. That's it. You don't have to be a member. You don't need a certain time here or any of that. If you love this church, you should fill out the survey. But I would ask that before you fill it out, you take a couple of minutes and review those documents and watch the video so that you have the information that you need so that you can give intelligent answers. So I hope that you will take the time to look through those docs, watch that video, fill out that survey, and let's just see where God is leading us on this thing. And that is it. I will see you guys Christmas Eve. Have a great week.